Welcome back to the morning chat with Ed Ballinger on WAOV 97.7 FM, 97.3 FM, 1450 AM. Our first guest this morning, Kurt Bushy from Vincent's Water Utilities. Good morning. Good morning, Ed. And Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. Needless to say, this is going to be a big year for you. I mean, let's let's face it. You, you know it's going to be a big year because if you've been down Hart Street, you can't miss it. It, it's it's a talk that a lot of people other than the eclipse maybe <laughs> your your monument out there <laughs> yeah. it just draws a lot of interest yeah it it, it certainly does and uh, you know i want to give kudos to uh the uh contracting crew uh from from phoenix contractors that's doing the uh the tank, the the general contractor, and the welding crew that's out there has been there now for over a month. Uh, they're the ones that decided on and put the Christmas lights up on top. I don't know, Ed, if you happened to see it. <laughs> yeah. When it was lit up. I did. They, I did. They made a, a Christmas tree out of the uh, the very top, which you you could see it all the way from from Applebee's and yeah, down could. in that area there at Kimmel Road. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. But but the problem is um, because it, it was kind of a neat addition, uh, I think maybe folks will expect something like that every year, you know, when they gonna put the Christmas tree back up on the water tower. And because of the dynamics of how that thing's going to be built uh, later in January here, it'll be difficult to do exactly what was done before for this year. So on one hand, I'm glad they did it. It was kind of a nice gesture on their part. On the other hand, uh, it kind of sets an expectation, and you know how those things go. Uh, You've created a monster. Yeah, but... uh, it's coming along very well, uh, still uh, on budget and, and generally on time. Um, we had a meeting this week, uh, and, and obviously the most common question that I get is when are they going to raise that steel tank up the concrete column into its final resting position on top of that concrete? and. Uh, there was hope that maybe that could get done right before Christmas. Uh, it didn't. There were some strong winds, if you remember. Yeah. Of course, I don't remember a day when it's not windy out at Lincoln High School. It's kind of like in our county here, we decide where to put these schools, and it's always in a wind tunnel. I mean, if right. you've ever been up to North Knox High School, the wind blows there all the time, and same with, with, with Lincoln. Uh, but anyway... Uh, they they lost a few days because of the strong winds there uh, right before Christmas, and then they took some time off uh, at the holidays. But uh, right now, uh, although this is not final, uh, we're we're hoping that that happens uh, sometime the week of uh, January twenty second. Okay. So right. uh, they'll let us know in advance, and and I'll try to get information because i know a lot of people want to see how that works uh, absolutely uh, and if you miss it we won't be able to see it somewhere yeah, youtube uh, or wherever <laughs> so. but um, 
maybe we can talk to uh, some folks here with the station. Maybe you can do a video of it or something. Hey. Time. They, they say it's, it, it's about a six-hour process if everything goes well. So um, I can't imagine what would not go well. We're no. trying to raise that much weight up at that high end of the air. Okay. Here would be uh, my concern, okay? If I'm Dr. Duke at the high school, yeah. and you know it's happening that day, <laughs> and you've got 600-some kids in that school I don't yeah. know, here at Lincoln, you know they're all going to be saying, hey, is it, you know, they're going to be yeah. paying attention to that. Well, I think it would be safe to say, although you, you never say never, but, you know, in, in all of our lifetimes and probably the lifetimes of those kids that's in that school, the opportunity to actually witness a construction of something of this magnitude, particularly a water tower in our community, is probably never going to happen again in, in all of our lifetimes. So, I mean, we've got four of them of different shapes and styles that have been built over since 1950. I think the VU Tower was built in 1950. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So uh, it is kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing to be able to witness. Yeah, you know, we want to see Alice Tower go up, you know. it's That's what I'm still calling it. And, and <laughs> you know, you can get on, on the Internet and, and see how big things are built uh, in our community to have something happen right, right. here. I mean, think about some of these tall buildings. Yeah, the, the demolition. Yeah. You know, we had a camera there for all that, and I couldn't believe the amount of people watching that constantly. But Yeah, but the uh, American ingenuity mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and the engineering that goes into building something like this, it – it just reminds me. I, I felt really good, um, of course, with with the way the the rules are with regards to spending grant funds, uh, which a portion of this cost is being borne by some of the COVID grant funds uh -huh. that the that the city received. Uh, all the steel and all the materials going into the facility have to be American-made. Right, so, right. And I have no problem with that. Even if it costs a little bit more, I'd rather – I think that's a good message to send. And uh, I was really pleased that the same guys that put those lights up there are also the one that put the American flag up on top when they got that last – piece secured that that actually represents the very very top right of the facility so uh, it's kind of cool it, our, our the next big step after this this welding takes place and this raising of the tank will that people will see is the painting mm -hmm. you know what what's painted there now is just simply the uh, uh the primer, the right, prime coat. Right. Uh, and uh, we've got some big plans to paint it uh, along the lines of what you always say, what Alice Towers, right. you kind of nicknamed it. But, yeah. uh, well, I mean, you call it the VU Tower. Well, I mean, you call it the VU yeah, Tower. Why yeah, not? Yeah, you know, we call yeah. it out here the uh, one over by the, the Armory. Uh, Armory Tower. Why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah. Fox Ridge Tower. Why not? Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got, they all got names. <laughs> yes, that's, that's true. I'm just so, stirring the pot, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. but um, uh, I think folks will be happy with the way it turns out. It's going to look really nice. The, mm -hmm. the concrete portion does not get painted. It just gets a sealer. So it, it'll stay the gray-looking gray like it is now. Um, 
These tanks are a little bit more expensive to build than like the VU tank where you got the steel legs, mm -hmm. but the long-term maintenance is a lot less because you're not repainting all that structure mm -hmm. every 15 or 20 years like you do on on uh, steel, steel tanks. You look at, uh, well, first of all, I, gotta make, I have to tell you a comment I got from a listener, and I didn't tell you this earlier. Um, we were talking on a previous show that when you look down Hart Street, mm -hmm. how you, you think that it goes straight, right? but it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I had somebody come up to me who heard us talk about that and said they'd never noticed that either until we mentioned it. Yeah. Then they looked and it just... It is. Yeah. I've lived here all my life. Yeah. And if you would have, you know, just casually mentioned to me, hey, what about Hart Street? How about that that turn in Hart Street? I said, what are you talking about? Right. I mean, it's a straight road. No, yeah. You, you get on it and you go straight to the high school <laughs> from 15th and, right. well, actually from the river, you yeah. know. You start down there at uh, the new VU apartments, uh, their French village, right. and you go straight line. <laughs> All the way out to St. Vincent's, but that's not the case. This water tower has created more conversation, you know, other than, like I said, other than the eclipse. I don't know what else people are talking yeah, about. Yeah, I pull up to 15th and Hart, and you look out there, and you think, well, we put the water tower on the other side of the road from, yeah. from Lincoln. Yeah, I know and it's really weird. I was out there in the building, in the Lincoln High School building yesterday. I think it was yesterday or the day before. And uh, coming out the, the main entrance there where the offices are, and and it's like, man, it's just, it's the, the dynamics of the way that property's laid out is so weird because you can come out the front door and you can't see the water tower because it's too far to the right. And when you get out on the street and, it, and you go back toward town, it looks like it's too far to the left. Right. That Lincoln property and the way that, particularly the way Lincoln High School is situated right, right. on that property is there's nothing square about it or Hart Street. I think I think the neatest road is Beer House Boulevard. Yeah, go down that and look at it, and you could swear it's not even near the high school. I mean, it's just the whole it's just the whole picture. But it's just it's been so neat, and I just I can't wait to see this happen. Yeah, yeah I'll be out there. <laughs> I won't be holding the camera, and I won't be climbing, but I'll be watching it. So. <laughs> but I'm sure maybe we could put one of those technology. We could put cameras anywhere now. So yeah, but I'm you notice I'm volunteering people because I don't have to do it. <laughs> So, all right, uh, we're going to take a break. We'll have more after this on WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Back on the morning chat with Ed Ballinger, as our guest is from Vincent's Water Utilities, Kurt Bushy. As uh, I think we've uh, talked a little bit about the uh, water tower now, and it was just in a waiting game. And um, we'll move on because it is a new year. And uh, any big projects on the horizon right now that you can think of? Well, uh, we're, we're, we're kind of putting that list together and getting our thoughts together. We've got a board meeting next Wednesday. Uh, and uh, you know, with so much downtime over the over the holidays, we kind of focused on okay, celebrating a little bit about what we what we were able to accomplish in 2023. 
Uh, of course, in 2024, we know the, the, big, the big items on the agenda. We talked about the water tower project in our first segment. Um, other, other items uh, this, this year, uh, uh, are, we've been working on this for a few years now, but our hope is during 2024, we will uh, see the complete rehabilitation of the levee structure there at Kimmel Park. The, the, uh, the walk entrance there across from Wabash Steel, mm -hmm. uh, that, that closure needs some, some rehabilitation and we've been working with the Corps and, and uh, we'll get back on your favorite topic again, <laughs> the levy, uh, for a short time this year uh, with regards to that closure. Uh, that, that's the, probably the biggest thing on the stormwater side for this year, uh, we're working on a couple sewer main extensions, uh, one out on Elkhorn Road that's being funded by the Ready Grant process, uh, and the other one in the industrial park uh, that is in conjunction with a water line extension from, uh, from the industrial park out to Essex Drive and then Essex Road over, over to the, uh, the Essex building or the Knee houses have renamed that building. I can't remember the the name. It, it has to do with the year that Knee House was founded. Um, but those are are probably our largest uh, construction projects outside the the confines of our own facilities. Uh, we do have some big plans, and we did a bond issue late in the year on the sewer side to do a rehabilitation and expansion of our uh, what's called the Watson Avenue lift station, sanitary lift station, uh, which is right there near Cub League on 15th Street. Um, that's probably going to be a $3 million project there alone. And then there are other couple things uh, inside the wastewater facility that we're going to be working on. So. We'll have plenty to do this year, and and obviously uh, uh, taking care of the blocking and tackling the normal stuff. What about Washington Avenue? Are you Washington Avenue? We're we're uh, we're in pretty good shape out there um, uh, now that it's in the construction phase of the actual road and sidewalks. Our part is is pretty much done as far as uh, making sure that we got things out of the way. There, there, there will be things come up that we have to deal with, but uh, on the on the fly, so to speak. But from a planning standpoint and from a major investment project standpoint, we don't have anything further really to do out there uh, other than to be available when the contractors need need us. We have been meeting with and working on the phase two pro par project of Washington Avenue. Uh, and most of our discussions on phase two, which is the part that runs from, from Washington School on down to St. Clair. Uh, I think the anticipated construction period for that phase two is sometime in 27 maybe mm -hmm. 2027 that'll be here before we know it yeah um but um we're, we've been working with the engineering team and the city 
the mayor and the city engineer on uh, on stormwater. You know, we we, we want to make sure uh, that we can handle. You know, you put a new road in with all the proper drainage, and you put sidewalks in, curb inlets, piping. You know. The, the idea is to make sure that stormwater gets away from the road as quick as possible. Well, the, the downside of that on the other side is we got to make sure that, you know, it's the same amount of water. You're not going to drive out through there and see those big puddles sitting along Washington Avenue like you see today. Right, right. When, when, that's why there's no sidewalks anymore. It's all been deteriorated by freezing and thawing of water. That same amount of water has got to go somewhere, and and we don't want to move it from that being a problem on Washington Avenue to a neighborhood problem in the vicinity, uh, between between the street and the nearest uh, waterway, uh, which is uh, uh, Mantle Ditch, mm -hmm. uh, which would be the probably the the most uh, likely uh, end. Uh, point of, of that drainage on that end and I'm talking about the part of Washington Avenue down closer to Cantwell Marathon okay, and, right. or Cantwell uh, Sunoco and, and along in there from Washington Avenue to St. Clair. Now uh, there's uh, a lot of talk about uh, new businesses coming to town mm -hmm. okay building uh, and I'm gonna bring up an example of Zaxby's okay yeah. I, mean, it, I think the cat's out of the bag there and it's it's we know it's coming and i think we know it's kind of where it's going to be before they get started though they got to go through you guys don't they find oh yeah yeah we we're that's one thing that's kind of exciting about our department and the people my staff and and uh we we're we're usually in on the front end of almost all of those discussions if we're not it's usually a problem down the road uh, particularly with regards to storm drainage uh and of course, water and sewer, you know, are necessaries for for any anybody, any any house or business. Um, but um, yeah, it is exciting. Uh, I, I'm not. I still don't know exactly where Zach's. I, the last I've heard about that is uh, the, they were looking at two or three different sites in town. Well, uh, just a matter of time, isn't it? Yeah, and. Uh, you know, the new business out in the industrial park that's been announced, uh, you know, I've been on the KCD, KCD, KCIED board for a long time. Uh, that's exciting. Um, and and we, we will have, you know, facilities out there. Our, our job, and I, and I think we've done a decent job of this uh, over the last 20 or 25 years, we have to try to stay ahead of the unknown. I mean, we have to be thinking far enough ahead to say, okay, if this is an area that's going to grow, and it's kind of the water tower, the, this, the, these, these sewer mains that I've been talking about, uh, and even sometimes it, it relates to the maintenance that we're doing. Um, Where's the most likely place that, that you know, new business is going to land? 
uh, and, and what can we do from a, a utilities standpoint to be ready for that and mm -hmm. to be open and, and uh, uh, accommodating? Uh, you know, it, it's so nice. And, and it, even at the wastewater plant mm -hmm. uh, level, and, and I was just looking yesterday uh, over, you know, it's been 10 full years now. 10 full years that Farbest has been in operation. Is that, yeah. is that not hard yes, to believe? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, this surprises me time-wise. 10 full years. And, and I think back about, you know, how, how were, were we prepared from a, from a utilities infrastructure standpoint? In a lot of ways, we were. And in, in a lot of ways, we had to play catch up in a real quick time period. Right. And it made a lot of people nervous, but we got it done. And the benefits today, you know, you've got a great corporate partner out there. They, they, they employ about 400 people. They have, you know, they have some turnover like everywhere else, but they've got a lot of good, loyal employees yes, that work there every day. Um, they've paid us a lot of money in water and sewer revenue that has gone on to benefit our entire community. And, and one of the reasons, probably the main reason why we have some of the lowest rates in the state. Right, right. Uh, because of those kind of industrial partners that are, that are helping pay the bills, mm -hmm. quite honestly, the simplest wow. way I can say it. Ten years, wow. it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we're out of time this morning. Uh, appreciate you coming in and look forward to the next update. And maybe the next time you're on, we'll have a, a tower that's complete. We'll have something different, maybe. <laughs> uh, but we, we, I do want the public to know we're going to do everything we can to, to give a heads up through your station and the other media outlets. Um, uh, when that's going to be raised, because I get that question a lot. All when right. are you going to raise that, that tank? All right. Thanks, Kurt. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Stay tuned. Midday Edition is next on WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger on WAOV 97.3, 97.7 FM and 14.50 AM. Chris Path from Knox County, Indiana Economic Development. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I, I, uh, I nailed it again. That was good. Yeah. Did you know I nailed it? Did you write it down? I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? In my older age, I get smarter. You know what? I, well, I uh, I try to write things down. You know, uh, I think it was Einstein that once said that uh, why commit anything to memory that you can write down? Well, let me ask you this. Okay, before we get going, you know, we got these nice phones. We got laptops and stuff. Do you still have a book that you write stuff in? Absolutely. I do too. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Good. I just want to make sure I wasn't one of the oddballs out. And Chris has it that I feel better now. We're of the same generation. All righty. Oh, okay, New Year, New Year. A lot of great, 
things on the horizon. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, uh, so we had our uh, uh, January board meeting today and a uh, lot of good news that uh, uh, came out of the updates that we talked about this morning. Uh, one of which I think we, we talked about last month because it was announced in early November, uh, but we um, uh, we just gave a quick update on the Agro Renew project uh, that was announced, I think, on November 4th, uh, that they are they have decided to come to Knox County to build a, um, and I'm sure most of the listeners have, have either read or, or heard about this, uh, but they're proposing to build a, um, uh, a bioplastics manufacturing uh, facility uh, in our industrial park uh, mm -hmm. to the tune of probably about an uh, in excess of $80 million capital investment, 250 uh, well-paying jobs. They'll have uh, a, uh, an in-house childcare um, development center, uh, which I think will help them attract uh, talent. And, and uh, you know, one of the things, um, I hate to sound like a broken record, but one of the things as we were talking with this company about coming here, one of their concerns was housing, um, which we, you and I have talked quite a bit about over the last really what two years or so and um and so that's something that um you know we assured them that we are working toward adding to that capacity so that uh, that's not a a barrier to attracting people to come here so anyway um that was one of the things we discussed this morning uh other big news that just came out this past um um, this past week is that uh, KCLEF, which is our um, KCLEF stands for Knox County Life Enrichment Foundation. Okay, all right. That's basically the 501c3 side of our house. Uh, so we created this foundation a number of years ago. And uh, for many years, it, it really served primarily as the um, uh, fiscal vehicle for the CEO program. So um, it's a 501c3, so it's eligible to write and apply for grants that um, our corporation may not be eligible for. So uh, KCLEF, as we call it, um, just this past week, it was announced that the state, uh, through their employer-sponsored child care grant program, uh, is going to be awarding uh, our community via KCLEF, um, a $750,000 grant uh, to help build capacity and more seats uh, for early childhood development, which is something that has a direct impact, negative impact, uh, because of the gaps in child care on the workforce and people going back to work. We did, uh, our region did a study recently, and it suggested that um, across our seven-county region uh, that's known as the Southern Indiana Gateway, Knox is one of those seven counties, um, we estimate that there are as many as 1,700 um, adults with uh, children, you know, who, who need cared for that are not working because they either can't find quality child care or it's not affordable um, or, you know, the job they have doesn't pay enough to even cover the cost of child care. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they would be losing money basically if they went to work. So um, this grant is going to help us um, both with the uh, quantity and quality of child care that's being offered here in the community. And we know there's a huge demand uh, for additional seats. So this comes at a great time. Um, in addition to that, that uh, Southern Indiana Gateway region that, that I just mentioned, uh, just in the last uh, couple of weeks, and I, I think we sent the media release to, to you all as mm -hmm. well, right. um, 
are making recommendations to the legislature on things that they could be doing, we could be doing as a state uh, to help, um, you know, lower the barriers to people in um, child care provider situations. So one example of that would be, you know, everyone who works in that industry has to have a background check, uh, which is, you know, prudent, uh, which mm -hmm. makes sense. Uh, we're suggesting to the legislature that it would make sense if we could, uh, if we could provide those background checks at no cost to the provider, little thing that we could do, but that could help reduce their cost and in, in turn could reduce the cost of what it, uh, you know, what it would cost to send your child uh, to a, uh, to a good child care center. So, um, and then there's, there's seven or eight other things that we're recommending. Um, one other example I'll offer is that um, uh, right now, I don't believe you're allowed to open what we call a microsite for child care under the same license as an existing provider. You've got to apply and, you know, there's red tape and bureaucracy um, to have a licensed facility. Uh, but we think that there are ways that you could streamline that so that it would make it easier for an employer who wants to partner with an existing child care provider under that same license number and then have a microsite either at their location or, you know, uh, a near site. So anyway, things like that, that we think would make sense to, um, you know, help with the help with the situation. Sure. So. Wow. The, okay. Um, the money, who is going to be in charge of this grant? I know you said it goes right. to your office, but, but I mean, once this gets going, who is going to, I guess, be the one who oversees all this? Great question. Um, that is going to be a partnership uh, between the um, Vincennes Community School Corporation, okay. who is already in, you know, pre-K and, and, uh, and, and that business. Uh, but they'll be expanding their capacity, partnering uh, with uh, some local employers, because this is a, an employer-sponsored program. Right. Um, and then the physical space that um, we're talking about uh, will be at the YMCA facility. Okay. So it'll be a combination, uh, but I, I see the... Um, uh, you know, the, the manager, if you will, of the process uh, will flow through the school corporation. Okay, all right. Yeah, so, you know, our nonprofit is basically the vehicle by which, you know, we represented the community in making application, uh, and then the funds will flow through uh, KCLEF to the, um, you know, to the folks who are actually going to be, uh, you know, doing the program. I do want to jump back real quickly, Chris, to... Um, yeah. Uh, talking about the, the, the new industry coming to town. Is there a groundbreaking day set for this? Or? Uh, there's a goal of, uh, of breaking ground sometime in March, but we don't have a specific Is that shovel ready yet. they're going, basically, or do you know? Or? Yeah, all of the, uh, all the utilities, the, the water lines, the sewer lines, the gas lines are all right there okay. adjacent uh, to the property. So really those, uh, those utilities just need to be extended um, onto the facility. One thing we're still working through, and you know, this is the hard part. Um, so they're engineering and designing the plant as we speak. Um, and then, you know, you got to think about things like um, electrical demand. So how much, uh, you know, how much electricity and what, what kind of electricity uh, will be coming into the building. So those are the things that the engineers are currently working on. Um, and we do know that it is taking some time, uh, depending on what kind of transformers, you know, certain facilities need. Um, 
over the last few years, there's really been a um, kind of a backlog of, uh, of equipment. So, um, so we're working through all those details with the company and with the, uh, the utility providers. Okay. All right. What else? Um, I, I've got actually we could probably theme this uh, this month's discussion of, over grants because there's there's two or three other things I want to mention. One of the other um, um, another grant that KCLEF had applied for in the last couple of months uh, is through the Community Foundation um, and their um, their Community Good Grants. And so on behalf of our rural um, broadband task force, we had proposed to do a digital literacy program. And so we're I'm happy to report that um, we were one of the 18 or so organizations that receive grants from the Community Foundation, and this these funds will help put a program together uh, uh, that's basically uh, for folks that would like to improve their digital literacy skills. Um, and then at the, um, it is a needs-based program, and at the end of the program, if they complete it, um, uh, candidates or applicants for this for this uh, for this program can uh, can can complete the program and then get a, a Chromebook um, if they don't have a device of their own at, at home and so we're really I think looking for people um, probably who have school-aged children I think uh, would be the sure. uh, the the target market if you I, will I think so yeah um, especially you know if parents need to help uh, you know help their kids with uh, with homework um, or um, or things like that. Um, those are really the um, I think the candidates that we'll be looking for. But um, but really appreciative of both uh, uh, on the childcare side and then on this digital literacy side. Those two grants that uh, that we were able to uh, be awarded uh, just in the last couple of months. Okay. All right. There were some issues from the from last year that I'm going to carry over this year. Sure, you know, sure. You know, I just want to touch base on them, and I think you know, is this one is always going to be one we're going to discuss is housing. I mean, right. that, we're always going to discuss that because that's going to be a, that's a major, major, major challenge. But let me ask you: this. Do you feel like we're, we're we're making steps in the right direction? I think we are. Um, so our office has been working closely with the Redevelopment Commission, with the city, with the county, to look at uh, the tools that we have uh, to be able to uh, encourage and incentivize developers uh, to build more housing units, and that's both um, single family and apartments. Uh, and I should I should point out or be specific market rate apartments um uh, so i don't I, I don't know of any projects right now that would be you know income based or or whatnot but the um i think the good news is that all these other programs we're talking about you know we've talked a lot about the state's ready grant um i'd like to talk this morning a little bit more about the uh, lily endowments uh, college and community collaboration uh, which we're still in the planning process with vu and the city and the county and the hospital um, are some of the institutions at the table and um, that I think is going to is going to spark additional um, housing units specifically in the in the downtown and the uh, in the neighborhood between campus and, and downtown so that's where we're concentrating with that and then of course ready 2.0 which is the next round of, of the state's grant program uh, I think you'll also see some some projects that come out of that next round of grants from the state that'll concentrate not solely on housing but I think uh, I think again there'll be some things that we want to put in place that will uh, encourage additional housing builds 
Okay. All so, right. and there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, uh, I, I don't want to say mixed messages, but everyone is really keeping a close eye, I think on that, on the housing trends. But, um, you know, despite high, higher, um, interest rates, which are starting to come down a bit. I think the Federal Reserve is starting to ease those a bit as inflation gets under control. Um, so uh, obviously, interest rates have a have an impact on a person's ability to buy and or, you know, go mm-hmm. out and build something. Um, but the good news is that we do have a pipeline of builders that are working on projects. And we uh, I estimate that probably within the next 12 to 18 months, we'll see if everything goes as planned, we'll see at least a minimum of uh, 250 new housing units in the community. Now that's, that just scratches the surface on what I think we need. Mm -hmm. um, Because you may recall that two years ago when we published our housing study that it suggested that if Knox County was going to grow our population, because we've been losing population for decades, if we're going to grow, we could absorb as many as, um, uh, I think it was like 1,500 new housing units over a five-year period, not all at once, obviously. the bad news is that two years have passed since we published that, and we've had we've had maybe a, a dozen or or maybe two dozen at the most mm-hmm. new housing units come online, and we've probably take we've probably demolished some you know blighted homes that you know are no longer you know viable, but um, but that's so that's something we continue to keep our eye on. I think you and I will be talking about housing, childcare, broadband, and, um, and infrastructure for the foreseeable future. And maybe jobs. <laughs> and jobs, yeah. Well, and jobs, all of jobs are dependent on all four of the, and, and more of those things. Right, right, so. right. You know, I, I hear you talking about the housing, but then there's the uh, idea that on Beer House Boulevard putting uh, some apartment complexes. Right. I mean, we're, we're, we're doing everything we can. I mean, I, 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 don't I think th- so. I don't think yeah. there's any, nobody can say, well, we're not trying. No, that's not the case. These houses you're building, would you say on an average $150,000 probably? Well, uh, here's the thing. Um, in all the conversations I've had with, uh, with um, builders over the last couple of years, what I've learned is that if you are going to build a, uh, and these are just going to be general numbers, but if, if you're going to build a, a simple you know, let's call it a, you know, 1400 square foot, three bedroom, two bath home. Um, I don't know that you can build that with, you know, the cost of materials and labor and all that for probably less than, I mean, if you were, if you, you were doing it cheaply, maybe 125, Okay, all right. uh, but more likely probably 150. Yeah. Um, and you're going to probably pay at least 20,000 for land at least. Yeah. I and mean, it, and if you want to, if you want to put like, you know, premium materials in it, it's even going to, it'll be north of that. So you're talking about for just an average single family house having to spend that much money. And then by the time it goes on the market, the market value of that house is probably going to be higher than 200. Right. Um, so, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of different uh, variables that you got to look at. Um, but that's that's the reality. And so if we can if we can help reduce the cost to the builder, uh, whether it's through, you know, infrastructure support or, you know, things that the RDC or, or you know, others can be doing, um, that can potentially lower the, you know, the cost of the, of the property. But here's the other thing. I think for every new housing unit that we build, 
that frees up existing uh, inventory in the system. Mm -hmm. And so the, you know, the houses that cost, you know, between that 100 and 150 uh, that already exist, those may become more available because people might be moving into into other newer units. So it all, you know, it's kind of like an ecosystem where um, the more you add in, in, in the new category, the more that frees up perhaps some of the, uh, some of the other older existing stock all right chris appreciate you coming in today good seeing you and uh, we'll see you next month all right i appreciate it all right stay tuned more of the morning chat coming up on waov